This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to the Betting Weekly English Premier League podcast here, part of the Bet Rivers Network. And I'm delighted to say that alongside me on this post-Christmas special uh, are Jack Wright. First of all, Jack, how are you, mate? How was your Christmas? Very good. Thanks, uh, Harry. Yeah, I had a very, very good Christmas. So um, yeah, all went very well indeed. Yeah, you had a good one also, I take it? Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Can't complain. Can't complain. Good fun. I uh, spent most of it putting kids' toys together, which is it took the shine off it a little bit, but can't complain. Could be worse. Could uh, be IKEA furniture. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, also, the main man, Mister Nigel Seeley, coming in off the back of uh, three solid picks uh, over the last few days. Full house for Nigel. He's looking happy with himself. How was your Christmas? It was all right. Actually, it was quite quiet. I don't go out at Christmas. I stay home. I'm a solid. I'm a proper twenty-four-seven sort of drinker. You know, I. I Christmas is the the place you don't go out. You you, you avoid the pubs. You, you know your part timers come out. Your two lager tops want to punch you in the face. They they sort of turn <laughs> up. So I don't really go out. Really, to be fair, I'm a South London boy. I sort of do my hardcore drinking around about sort of eleven o'clock in the morning on a October day, <laughs> Wednesday, Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday. I don't, not really. Don't really. Don't really appeal to. You me. recognise your face from somewhere? Yeah, don't really. Yeah. Don't, it doesn't really appeal to me going out at Christmas. So I'm very quiet, really. To be fair, you know, my my dad doesn't do anything drinking. He comes out and has like um, a Bucks fizz, and says it goes oh, to his head. Classic. A bit, 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 bit fuzzy. I'm just sitting <laughs> in the corner doing. 15 Stellas with no effect. I just don't do it. Like Christmas. It's, it's my sort of Betty floor, floor clinic, really, Christmas. <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's, it's my time. I don't really get I don't really eat too much either. I don't really eat too much. Get a bit bored. Get bored of, of eating turkey and stuff. And no, it's just, when, the, when the casual drinkers start drinking, then my mum's casual has a couple of sherries and a, and a glass of red. She burns the, she burns the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really want to eat it at four o'clock. So no, really, but the bets have been fantastic. But uh, Christmas is very quiet, very quiet. Kids are old now, you know, 21 and 18, not not bothered. They don't get out of bed till half three. So what's the point? You know, Christmas is, 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 no, is no interest anymore. It's just uh, another day for me, but uh, a big sporting day, nevertheless. Yeah, indeed. Uh, it was a great uh, round of picks uh, for the guys, and that has seen uh, the EPL oh. show. Close the gap on the league earn boys right at the top of the table, uh, plus 10 uh, in terms of units up at the moment. Uh, so a really, really good uh, set of results over the last few weeks. Nigel, uh, you must be delighted because you're hot on their tails. I told you, I told you months ago, we win this. There's no, there's absolutely no doubt about it. We win this. The thing is, the league one boys, they're doing well, but now we're putting the pressure on it. You know, squeaky bum time when we're putting the pressure on. We just come up like Man City with Arsenal. Arsenal leading <laughs> at the moment, leading at the moment. When you get into sort of March, February time, you see, see all the so we see what about then, and the and the and the quality and the proven winners sort of go past them in the final stretch like a racehorse, just coming into the final furlong. 
So that's where we do. But uh, yeah, great, great, great. So I mean, to be, I'm joking aside. I mean, uh, the French boys went four and zero yesterday. Unbelievable performance. So they got two more picks tonight. If you haven't, if this is not uh, up yet, but check them out on the on the Bet Rivers Network. Have a look at the YouTube channel. They have got some picks. They are. They, I mean, listen, they're the best in the business at what they do. So I'm only joking, really. There, but I'm, I'm, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not bad at what we do. So um, very interesting title race, not only in the Premier League, but on the Bet Rivers uh, handicappers table as well. There you go. An interesting title race is what everybody wants to see. Uh, Let's move on then and talk about this week's picks. Um, Week 18, of course, in the English Premier League, really busy uh, fixture schedule at the moment. And these games will be played uh, over the next couple of days. Uh, So, Nigel, we'll start with you, mate. Let's go uh, West Ham against Brentford. London derby, that one. Uh, What's your lean thought pick on this one in the end? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's the Friday night game. So it's uh, 7.45 in the UK, which is 2.45 Eastern time in the States on uh, New Year's Eve. Um, I think it's just to oppose West Ham at the moment. I mean, you know, I've been uh, I've been to West Ham, very fortunate to be West Ham on a, f- a few occasions. I know a few people who work for the club sponsor and I've been there a few occasions. And West Ham can be an absolutely pleasant place to go when they're playing Chelsea and they're winning 2-0. Mm-hmm. But when they're losing one nil against Burnley, <laughs> oh, it's uh, it's a bit toxic. <clears throat> and uh, just looking through the West Ham Twitter at the moment, the social media accounts of West Ham, they're not at all happy with David Moyes. Uh, the performance that he's put in, the, the, the reluctance to change tactics in the West Ham side, he's not getting the best out of some really good players he's got there. We've seen some of the players go to the World Cup and what they did for their countries. And when they put on a West Ham shirt, they're playing, they're like jigsaw pieces in the wrong, wrong holes. Um, I just feel that this that they're vulnerable in this game. Um, I just think that the pressure is certainly on them, and I don't think they can, uh, like I say, when that crowd turns against them, it's not a very hostile place. So my 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 reaction here is to oppose West Ham, and I think Brentford. I was very against Brentford at the start of the season. I, I, I bet them to get relegated. I've bet them to uh, to finish bottom. I mean, I've I've done my money on that. A future bet. Luckily enough, there's a couple of other future bets that might make me make me a few quid elsewhere. But they they they're a hard to beat side. They have a, a system that that seems to work. Uh, they're lying in mid table in the Premier League. They're playing with confidence. Um, they've got this uh, Ivan Tony sort of betting um, breach that's going to hanging over them, which is going to come in in the new year. But I think this could potentially be his final game. Jack will probably tell me if that's right or wrong, but I think it's probably going to be his final game before we find out what the, the punishment he's going to have. So I, th- I feel they're going to go there in confident mood and they're going to go in on the back of a win um, and, and and a good win as well. Their form this season is pretty good. They draw a lot of games on the road. They score goals. They went to Manchester City and won um, before the, the last game before the World Cup break. So they've got no worries about going to West Ham. And a West Ham side that haven't won in four have got massive problems on the pitch. Uh, I think they're looking, looking like relegation fodder coming up. Uh, I think Declan Rice is certain to be leaving at some stage, whether it be in the January window or definitely in the summer. Um, the manager looks as though I, I'd be amazed if he can stay in his job if the results don't change before January. They're not going to trust him to spend money and go and get some players again. So this is really a, a bet on current form. And when you look at current form, I know you, you shouldn't really look at the league table, but I think you have to. Brentford are 10th in good current form. The draw specialist in the Premier League, drawn eight games out of 16. West Ham are 16th in the Premier League, lost 10. They've lost more games 
than uh, most in the Premier League at any team outside. So only Southampton have lost more games than them in the Premier League this season. So the, the joint low, uh, lost more the most games in the Premier League. And you're getting a decent price. I mean, West Ham are even money to win this game. Now, if you, if you could tell me anybody, West Ham could win this match. They could win it 2 or 3 nil. They may have a fantastic afternoon. The players are capable of doing that. But if anybody seriously wants to bet West Ham at even money to win this game, then I think you're doing you're betting completely wrong. Uh, and Brentford here, plus a half. They draw lots of games, hard to beat. Confidence is high. Back of a win. Going to a, a very, very hostile and a very sort of anti-Moyes West Ham. I think Brentford plus a half at minus 125 has got to be the bet here. And of course, Brentford won uh, at the Olympic Stadium last season, didn't they? They did the double over West Ham United. So they've got previous of going there and, and providing a little bit of a surprise, a little bit of a shock. Um, Jack, let's uh, move on to the New Year's Eve fixtures. Uh, let's begin with Newcastle United, who are flying high at the moment, uh, who take on Leeds United. Absolutely right. And what a restart for Newcastle. I think there was probably maybe only Arsenal and Newcastle were, were two sides that weren't really looking forward to that break um, on the back of how they'd performed going into it. And then we wondered how they'd pick up because, you know, they were doing so well. That momentum was kind of carrying them on. Um, and then they go and put in a fantastic performance against Leicester. And uh, you know, Leicester a few months ago, we'd have been going, well, you know, it was probably expected. But this was a Leicester side that really picked up their form. They'd got up the table, kind of sitting mid-table at that point in time. Um, and and they not only carried on where they left off, they kind of improved, did Newcastle. You know, Leicester had conceded one goal in the last eight competitive fixtures. And that was against Manchester City in a 1-0 defeat. So shows you how much they'd tightened up at the back. You know, they brought in some new personnel, which had really helped them. And Newcastle just went and blew them away. Three goals up, 32 minutes on the clock, game over. Game put to bed, no no problems at all. And one of the key things about that as well, as Nigel's mentioned him a lot in, over the shows, is that kind of talisman this season has, has been Almiron. And he's gone and scored another goal. Um, so he's kept his momentum going. He was, he's obviously one of the players that, again, we mentioned on the show last week that uh, he'd had a break because of the World Cup not being at it. So how would he react? Would he be a bit rusty? Would he come back? Oh, um, sort of fresh and all guns blazing. Well, the answer was the latter. He's come back, scored a goal, um, and and has helped his side to a sixth consecutive win either side of the break. You know, they also went in the League Cup, so they've come back from that World Cup break with um, two wins, uh, and I say so then kind of kept them right bang in the race for well, not only the top four. You can't rule them out of winning this at this moment in time. You know, they they are thereabouts, and how they've performed over the last year has been sensational, and they've just carried it on. Um, I think, like, you know, they've they done it without Wilson. Callum Wilson was ill uh, uh, um, in the last game. So, you know, again, it's one of those tick boxes. You know, can they do it without, like, that key striker? Would Wilson be playing if he was fully fit? Yes, he would. He's out. They win 3-0. The guy that comes in to replace him, Chris Wood, said, well, I want that shirt. He goes and scores a goal and puts in a good good performance as well. Um, and I think Eddie Howe's done a sensational job there. Um, and there's probably one, no one better at the moment, like in a place like Newcastle, which is going crazy bonkers for the fact that they're, they're performing so well week in, week out. He's such a calm, steady head. Um, you know, he he's now become only the third English manager to win 20 or more games in the Premier League in he's a calendar a steady year. Eddie, Jack. He's a steady Eddie. 
name's perfect for him, isn't he? You know, and that's what he's done. And he's kept it all calm, cool and calculated. And all he said is, look, we'll focus on the next game. And if our standards drop, we're going to get beat. We need to keep them up. And I think, you know, these players are thinking, if I perform here, you know, they know full well there's a January coming. They know full well there's another summer window coming. And they want to be part of this this ride with Newcastle and make themselves undroppable. And it's showing, you know, they're performing so well with each other. So, and this game looks to be a perfect one for me, you know, against this leaky lead side. You know, they're shipping goals left, right and centre. I think the couple of wins they picked up just as Jesse March was about to be get booted out. Um, you know, I think they gave him the Liverpool game because they felt they'd have no chance of winning it. And he's gone and got a surprise result there. He followed it up with that kind of bizarre win against Bournemouth when they were 3-1 down and turned it around. But they're conceding goals for fun. They allowed 26 shots uh, against Manchester City in midweek. Nine of those on target. 3-1 defeat. Another three goals conceded. Holland, after the game, said that he, sh- he should have scored five goals in it, which shows you the chances they're throwing up. And yes, it's Man City. But we've got to put Newcastle in a similar bracket to Man City at the moment. And they're at home. You can imagine how St. James's Park is going to be. Christmas period. Side third in the table. Absolutely bombing on. Leeds have lost seven of the last nine competitive games. Um, they've conceded three or more in each of their last three league games and in four of the last five league games. They're two points above the relegation zone. Um, so I'm taking Newcastle here, minus one at, at, at minus one Asian handicap at minus 132. The biggest factor possibly in this is the fact of the rest time as well. You know, a good friend on the on the league earn show, Leeds fan Steve Wiss, has actually mentioned this already. That it's a bit of a shambles that that there's a two day gap between when um, Newcastle played to when Leeds played. Newcastle finished at around about five pm UK time on 26th of December. Leeds finished around about 10 pm UK time on the 28th of December, and they kick off here at 3 pm on the 31st. And Newcastle had the third lowest amount of minutes played by their players in the World Cup in the Premier League. So fresh squad, riding high against the side that are injury hit and looking over the shoulder at relegation on a bad run of form, conceding shed loads of goals. If Newcastle, I'd be stunned if Newcastle don't win this, but I'd be very, very surprised if they don't win it by two or three goals. So that looks a cracking bet to me. Just to back up your point about Leeds' poor form as well so far this season, the last time they had such a low points total at this stage in the Premier League was the 2003-2004 season when they went on to be relegated. Uh, Nigel, let's come back to you. Manchester City, a convincing win uh, last night at the time of recording at Leeds, but they take on Everton. Uh, How do you see this one going? I see Man City winning, which isn't a surprise. They're minus $8 to win. Uh, I think they showed their class and quality. Haaland just come back after the World Cup, two goals. Could have scored at least, like you say, five more. The goalkeeper was the man of the match for Leeds. Um, sensational return. And they did it with a, a makeshift defence. They did it with, um, it was Man City did it with a makeshift defence. Uh, Cancelo will be back playing in this game. They, he didn't play in the first half, but he'll start for this match, I'm sure. Uh, all their players are now returning from the World Cup. Um, a lot of them didn't go deep. Really, when you think about teams that went deep, I mean, Alvarez was the only one who went deep in the Argentinian side, but he wouldn't feature in the team, such as how good they are. They're not going to have any World Cup hangover at all, Manchester City. And I I think it's um, ominous for Arsenal and Newcastle, Manchester United and any other contender in the Premier League race, thinking that, you know, this Man City could be a side that you might get at this season. Um, I honestly believe that Man City are a bettable price to win the Premier League title now. I know that Arsenal have done it really, really well and, I, and and I'm amazed by them and whatever they do, if they come runner-up, it's been a fantastic season. But 
serious betters at minus two dollars or minus for Man City is just for me. Just, they're just too good, and I don't, I don't see it. I don't see anybody coming close. Uh, Newcastle play Arsenal in the uh, over the New Year period, so one of them is going to drop points, and I can't see Man City dropping points against anybody. So I think Man City now are being underrated, really underrated. I feel there's um from a betting perspective, sometimes you get sort of teams that just get a little bit. You know, people get the hype gets a little bit around them, and that's how I feel Arsenal are at the moment. Uh, I'm not saying that for any other reason. I'm telling it from a purely betting perspective here. Arsenal are plus two twenty five, plus two dollars to win the um, to win the Premier League. It's a young side; they will win the Premier League in the next five years, I think, definitely. But Man City are just on a different level, and it makes Man City a serious bet. I mean, if you <laughs> you think about it, I mean, they they, they, are, they could go. They're the only team I know who could go on a. 15 winning run and, and have it sewn up very quickly. And, and I think that's what they'll do before they go on a big running run before the Champions League comes around. It starts here. Um, if you look at their record in the Premier League, it's bottom half sides. They play four games, won 4-0, 6-0, 4-0, 4-2. So three of the four games they've played against bottom half sides, they've won to nil. Uh, Everton coming the back this match without a win in the last four. They have serious problems scoring goals, Everton. We've said it on this podcast on so many times. Calvert-Lewin is just finished as a, a Premier League striker and as an in- England international, someone who had everything. Good job he's got a catwalk model. <laughs> Jack Jack, Jack uh, obviously has got the catwalk model uh, line up to career to go into if anything happened. I think, unfortunately, I, my catwalk days are long gone unless it was uh, uh, gloves or, myth, uh, or or crash helmets. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, but, but uh, he's got that. That's, that's where his attention lies rather than scoring goals in the Premier League. I know he's had injury concerns, but um, Gordon should have taken the move. Should have taken a big money move to Chelsea. That, that doesn't look right. They've got huge problems, Everton. Don't score goals. Failed to score in their last four road matches. Um, lost four of their last Premier League games. And in their last four matches against Manchester City, Manchester City have won all four of them to nil. And uh, if you can get them, at, they're minus one, sorry, they're minus $8 to win to, to win the match, Man City, in regular time. And they're minus, 120, uh, minus 130 to win to nil. Now, that to me doesn't really stack. I think, you know, you're looking at eight, Eight team that eight minus eight dollars to win to nil as dominant as Man City. I think there's this tendency that everyone just thinks Man City give you a chance, like they did against Leeds. A corner comes in and score. Okay, you, you, they do give chances away, but you've got to be an attack minding side that's going to take your opportunity. Like Brentford went there and scored two goals, Leeds showed there and scored two goals. But this Everton side are lacking in any attacking threat. I think the manager's lacking any nous up against. Guardiola, I think he probably tried to defend and get a draw rather than go toe-to-toe. What you've got to do with Man City is you've got to play them at their own game like Brentford did. Take it to them, try to get in behind the back four and try to get around the flanks and get inside them and score, make make opportunities. He won't do that. He'll pay him too much respect. Uh, and I expect uh, Man City to win this comfortably. 2-3, Haaland on the, on the score sheet again. 2-3 nil. Man City to win to nil, minus 130. Brilliant stuff. Uh, let's go on to Fulham versus Southampton. Now, you've both uh, gone for this game. You've both gone for exactly the same pick. I'll come to you first, Jack, and then uh, Nigel can uh, can add to it if he wishes. But yeah, Fulham, Southampton. Yeah, it's always a good sign. I like it when I see uh, on the rare occasions that we double up. And uh, this was one. Uh, Fulham, I think it was a really impressive win against Crystal Palace uh, the other day. Um, 
yes, you look at the stats or you look at the final score, you see it was 3-0, oh, but Palace had two red cards, but Fulham were already 1-0 up before that first red card came in. There was no question about whether it should or shouldn't have been. Um, uh, Marco Silva hailed it as a fantastic team performance from Fulham. Um, he said that they dominated from the first minute until the last minute. And what was good from a point of view of back in Fulham, it didn't just a manager bigging up his side or, or his own like abilities. It, it was echoed by Patrick Vieira, who said exactly the same thing. His side weren't at the races because Fulham didn't allow it. Fulham went into the game and took it by the scruff of the neck from the first minute through to the last minute and were fully deserved their, their win. So interestingly, he would say such a thing. Um, and you've got to say, you've got like, Mitrovic has come, come back in. You know, it's a man we talked about a lot previously. Um, was a potential question mark whether he'd be fit enough to go into it. He's obviously had the World Cup, did well at the World Cup, scored goals there as well. He's that talisman. We mentioned um, Almiron being the talisman for Newcastle. Well, there's no doubt that Mitrovic is the spearhead for this Fulham side who've done superbly well um, That you know to get where they are at the moment. Ninth in the table, newly promoted, always regarded as a yo-yo side. So come up from the championship, go back down and so on. And this time round, they've absolutely gone completely against that and uh, a win here could see them up to seventh and go into the new year in seventh place and be looking at possibly gate crash in European places rather than relegation places Um, but regardless a win will make sure they're in the top 10 um, come the new year which is a phenomenal effort and and Mitrovic showed what it was all about at the week um, in the last game he not only was his goal scoring but he also assisted two goals as well and what I liked about it was the first one was a brilliant cross it was a real delicate cross into the box right onto the head of Bobby Decatiba Reed, who's glanced it in and then his second one was more what you'd associate from him is strength and power to nod one down and for Reen to finish off and then obviously he got on the score sheet himself so he's now scored 105 goals since he joined Fulham in 2018 and that's um, the same amount as Mo Salah and no other player has scored more than either of those two goals and um, those guys in uh, in football action in in England, so says a lot. A bit, you know, a lot of those were uh, lower tier, but he's got there and he's done that, and he suits his Fulham side um, absolutely perfectly. Um, as far as Fulham being on the up, the absolute opposite is going to be said about Southampton. New manager come in six weeks ago. They got r- rid of Hassan Hootle, brought in Nathan Jones. Obviously, he's done well at Luton in two spells, but outside of that, when he was at Stoke, it's not been good at all. And he started with a 3-1 defeat against Liverpool. No real shame in that. Um, scruffed a win against Lincoln in the in the League Cup. So a League One side, two tiers lower. Um, and then another 3-1 defeat. So back-to-back 3-1 defeats in the league in his first one at home. Nothing worse as a, as a new manager. You expect that new manager bounce. Absolutely no impact whatsoever. You know, two big defeats. Side booed off at halftime at home, booed off at full time at home. Says it all that you need to know about what the St Mary's crowd think of the football from their team at the moment. I think the biggest thing for me, for a side that is flirting with relegation, they're now gone bottom of the league. Are they going to get out of it? They give goals away. You know, you you never one of the key identicates for a side that's going to get relegated is that they can't defend and that they concede sloppy, silly goals in moments of games, which just take the game away from them. Um, only Leeds, we've mentioned them already, Leeds being leaky, only Leeds have conceded more Premier League goals in the calendar year than Southampton, and no one scored more own goals than them in, in that same period of time as well. So I think Mitrovic can have an absolute field day here. And Nigel touched on the fact that we, you know, you're looking at a side that are in a, a certain position in the league. We're talking Brentford and West Ham. 
if this was reversed, we're, I'm taking Fulham to win here. We're both taking Fulham to win here. A plus 102 um, when I, I, I last looked for a Fulham straight-up win. If this was reversed, Southampton were sitting in ninth. Fulham were, were rock bottom. Southampton would be big odds on favourites to win this. As is the other way around, I think Fulham have been massively underestimated. Southampton have been overestimated and therefore taking the plus money on this is a big play. Yeah, Nigel, do you want to add anything to that? Was that your thinking as well, the plus money thing? Is that what really grabbed you here? Yeah, I think it's the wrong price. All the, all the bets I do, I think they're price indicative. I think it's the wrong price. I'd make Fulham about minus 125. I think we've said before in these matches that I feel that they're one of the most underrated sides in the Premier League because they're a newly promoted side and everybody thinks that their bubble will burst. Um, we spoke at the very, very beginning this season when both me and Jack on the Future Show, we said we think they're probably finishing the top half. Uh, and they're justifying that. They're a good side. They're a young side. They've got a good manager and they've got a goal scorer. And that's mm. all you want. If you've got a good manager, you've got somebody to put the ball in the back of the net and you've got a good young team who, uh, who, who work hard for the cause, then you've, you've got a, de- a, a core of a decent side. And they've got all the three things that Southampton haven't got, in my opinion. They haven't got a goal scorer. They haven't got a good manager. And they haven't got a young, talented team who, who, who want to fight for the cause. The Southampton side is made up of people who have been around the block, who have done things towards the end of their career on decent contracts, who want out. Southampton famously have been the type of club that are bringing young players and young players and young players and young players. They were a feeder club for Liverpool, weren't they? So, I mean, mm. but the thing is, what that, 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 that youth system isn't there anymore. And when you're at the bottom of the table, it's a big risk to risk a kid at 18, 19 who's never played in the Premier League. The players in they've got aren't fighters. There's certain fighting people. Some people aren't fighters. Some players aren't fighters. You look in their eye and not fighters. You know, that's why teams like Burnley, who, who, I know they got relegated last year, but for years and years and years, you're never really concerned about them. Stoke, when they were in the Premier League for many, many years until obviously that that run out. And um, I, I don't see any fight in this Southampton side. I don't see anything. And I think the manager appointment, is is it just stinks of desperation. I think he's great. He was great at Luton. There was no expectation of him at Luton. You know, he's great. He's gone there twice and, and performed miracles. But every time he moved away from Luton, it, it, it never worked for him. And um, and he seemed to lose the plot when he went to Burnley uh, to Stoke. He, he sort of blamed the players. Lost lost the fans turning him really really quickly. And knowing a few Southampton fans, I do already. They they don't like this manager in three games. You know, he, he's he's done nothing to to impress them. Um, if you look at Fulham, though, this season, eight games in the Premier League, they've only lost two. They were against Manchester United and, New- against- and Newcastle, you know, teams in the top four of the Premier League. What they do is they beat teams in or around them, very similar to what Crystal Palace did last season. And we highlight Crystal Palace as a home side. And I feel that Fulham, where we are in the halfway stage of the Premier League, are probably one of the most underrated teams for betting purposes in the Premier League. Mitrovic is a, is a striker that, could play in the top six of the Premier League. I mean, he he would reg, be a, fe- a regular feature for for. I think he'll play regularly for Arsenal. I think he could play regularly for for any team in Man United. I think he's he's that good, and he is flying at Conference. He had a good World Cup, scored goals at the World Cup, come back, just went straight in and scored again, and uh, a fragile Southampton defence that conceding goals. I think Mitrovic will have a field day, and the price of plus one hundred two. That's just um, wrong to me. I, th- I I wouldn't be surprised to see money come for this, and I would expect it to start around about minus one fifteen, minus one twenty. But I think it should have been. I I would have been about minus one twenty five to start with. 
Good stuff. Uh, the final game uh, we're going to look at is a game on New Year's Day between Tottenham Hotspur and Aston Villa. Uh, Jack, you've gone for a slightly different market to what you'd normally uh, look at, based on the shows that we've done together anyway. Um, yeah. t- tell us about this one. Yeah, I think um, I think Nigel would say that he's kind of a, more of a traditional better himself. So we'll go on a, who's going to win, um, maybe an Asian handicap or, or the goals bets. But, you know, Bet Rivers, we have seen it. We've mentioned it before. There's hundreds of, of prop markets. And um, I, I looked through the the, um, the the games and this one, on as far as the outcome is concerned, looks quite a tough one to call. But um, I've gone back. So I've got a good friend of mine called Ollie Dixon, who's basically told me when news broke of Unai Emery coming in to um, Aston Villa, back into the into the Premier League, he told me to look out for the offsides. And that's the line I'm playing here. I'm playing Tottenham offsides over two and a half at, at plus money, plus one, one, zero. Um, and there's lots of stats behind it. I, I say as far as, as, as the game's concerned, I think um, Spurs fans are getting a little frustrated with their team, although they're in fourth, you think that that's a pre- pretty decent position. I think there's a couple of reasons behind it is that they are expecting a little bit more, obviously with Antonio Conte there. Um, I think they're getting a little bit annoyed. The fact that they keep falling behind, they've fallen behind now for six successive league games um, and had to fight back. Fair play for doing it, but that's a not sustainable way of going about it. And of course, they're also a little bit niggled by the fact that Arsenal keep winning and, and kind of staying clear at the top of the table. So um, I don't know, sure, the the, the counter-attacking style that Spurs play is, is kind of um, making the natives a little restless there as well. Um, but, you know, it should set that up well for the bet that I've gone for here. So as far as Villa themselves are concerned, I was a little bit surprised and a bit disappointed that they, they got beat by Liverpool um, in their last game. That's the first league game under Unai Emery that they did lose. Um, 3-1 defeat to, to Liverpool. Um, they thought that they had galvanised and they'd played really well since he came into the side, um, into, you know, taking over the, the club. So um, what he's set up, though, is, is the fact that he likes to play a high defensive line. Um, and that's the reason for the bet here. Um, you know, after I got told that, you know, we did, dug around, looked at a few stats. Um, and obviously, he's come from Villarreal, uh, where he was manager there for a couple of seasons. Um, and 40 offsides. Uh, uh, the opposition got caught offside 40 times in 12 games this season while he was there. An average of just over three per game, which was the third highest in La Liga. The season before that, 123 and 38, which is, again, just over three per game and that was the second highest um kept an eye on it for when he then came in here at villa um and uh 17 so far in the four competitive fixtures that he's been in charge of um so that's an average of 4.25 per game where the opposition's caught offside three or more in all four of those games as well with the highest being man united getting caught offside eight times in their league cup tie when you look at the style of play you're looking at the likes of uh, marshall sort of rashford in in that that game we know how Spurs play. They play with the the, the high um, forward players. We know Kane likes to drop deep, but he also likes to play on the shoulder for the ball into the box. Gets caught offside um, five times so far this season. Son, we know, like, likes to make that run beyond for Kane to pick him up. He's been caught offside seven times this season. Sessegnon out on the left-hand side. They play high wing-backs who like to push on, which will fall into that Villa trap. So... That's the reason behind the bet. It's, it's, it does look a bit of a random one on paper, but lots of, say, obviously research and stats to back up as well, along with the side that they're playing, fits the profile perfectly. And when I saw it, it was plus money for three or more. 
I had to get involved this week. So that's the bet for me to conclude my three picks this match day. I like that one. I really like that one. Good one. Thanks. Well thought Thanks, out. Thanks, uh, hopefully it comes in. Nice one. Uh, let's uh, summarise then uh, the guys' picks uh, for this upcoming round of Premier League fixtures. Uh, so Nigel has gone for Brentford plus a half at minus 125 in their trip to West Ham. Uh, Jack has gone for Newcastle minus one. That's at minus 132. They take on, of course, Leeds United. Uh, Nigel's gone for Manchester City to win to nil at minus 130. They take on a struggling Everton side. Uh, both of our two handicappers today have gone for Fulham to win at plus 102 in their fixture with Southampton. And Jack is thinking a little bit outside the box this week with over two and a half offsides uh, by Tottenham at plus 110 in their clash with Aston Villa on New Year's Day. Uh, if you want to uh, check out more Bet Rivers content, make sure you're subscribed to the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel. Make sure you're following the guys' joint handle at Because We Win. Uh, there is lots and lots coming your way in 2023. And of course, as you can see from the results, the EPL show is flying at the moment, along with uh, several others as well. So you want to be involved in all of them. Uh, gents, anything to add before we bid our farewells and wish everybody a happy new year because it's the last time we're going to speak to them. Yeah, uh, happy new year to everyone. Thanks for everyone for uh, watching and commenting and um, liking all our podcasts and shows over 2022. 2023 promises to be even more exciting and uh, more shows are being added. Uh, a huge week and a huge amount of tennis content is coming now as well. Obviously, the new tennis season starts on January the 1st. And the Game Better Match podcast, which has been very successful on the podcast charts in America, will now be five days a week. So uh, running through and covering the WTA tour as well with some new handicappers on that. So very exciting things to be happening in the world of tennis. And obviously the football, everybody's come back from the World Cup hot, on fire. I think they've all been uh, rested and Googling and doing all the research <laughs> and everything like that because they've had nothing to do. Whereas, uh, you know, and looking around, looking ahead to this and uh, we've gone on fire. So hopefully they may that continue. And obviously we've got the Syria coming back, the Portuguese league as well, uh, and everything that will be covered on the Bet Rivers Network. So it's a really, really important, uh, really big uh, month of January with some new exciting stuff and obviously all your favourite handicappers on because we win as well. Absolutely. Make sure you're following the handle. Make sure you're subscribed, uh, as I said, to the Bet Rivers Network and we'll be back very, very soon with more. Until next time, good luck cashing those tickets. All the best. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network.